of Islam radio the best behave naturally within the confines of Islamic teachings and that's the best way of doing it I've spoken on this subject different uh, at different times with the emphasis on different areas of this question according to the uh, context in which the question has been asked. Sometimes the British people ask this question, sometimes the Muslims, sometimes the Orientals, and sometimes the Westerners. So they have their own different interests in the same question. So I try to answer them all, but the answer which I gave despite the different emphasis is basically the same, which is to maintain ideal atmosphere of the family in the house and to to create attraction in your family style so that the gravity the center of gravity is always within the house not outside the family members whoever they are whether the children boys girls or grown-ups, they return to the heaven of their house with a natural longing for it. As long as they're outside, it's somehow tiresome. When they're back to home, that is peace. If this atmosphere is created and maintained, then no social problems can ever evolve from such a wonderful living of in, a, in an intact family structure. Moreover, an atmosphere of mutual love, and not only love, but mutual respect must be maintained. treated even small children with respect, and also showed the same respect to his own slaves. So if you are respectful, loving and respectful, generous and respectful to the younger generation, but also also firm in discipline, then this makes the ideal home. And such generation as, brought, as are brought up in this atmosphere are a perfect balance between discipline and love and respect. Such 
ideal homes never see any disaster of uh, the younger generation having gone astray. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet. 24 hours a day. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the Voice of Islam. In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful, welcome, good morning, assalamu alaikum, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you from Saturday morning live with myself, Kayyum, and joining me as always, my brother, my comrade, brother Adil, assalamu alaikum, and peace be on you, brother. Assalamu alaikum, peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Uh, how are you, good, how are you pe- people out there? I hope you're uh, doing well. It's a little bit chilly out there. I always start with the... Uh, with the weather, but keep yourself warm. Keep yourself warm. It's really important. But how are you, Kumbay? Always, always good. Praise Allah. Um, you know, in in the times we're going through, um, which we'll discuss over the next twenty minutes or so. Um, you know, it's. Uh, <coughs> I, I I'm always grateful to God that uh, He's always um, He's He's always making provisions in such a way that the head always stays above water. And that is so important. But it's all because of God Almighty. Um, you know, there's, it's never said enough that all praise indeed belongs to Allah Almighty. Um, Saturday morning, let's go through what the papers are saying. Let's pick on some stories. Uh, or, or shall we say, let's pick on that one story that all the papers are saying. You know, um, What a week. It has been. It, I mean, there's been so much commentary on... List trust, list trust, and how they've completely tanked the economy of the last <laughs> six weeks. Um, I mean, you know, I don't even want to watch the news anymore. It's so depressing. Um, but you know what they say: oh, that a day is very long in politics, or something like that. <laughs> That's just proving to be true, isn't it? I was, absolutely. I was just listening to one of the one of the other radio stations, and they were saying, 
look, this is Christmas come really early, and we love it because it's it, they're just they've got so much content to talk about. And just as you thought that we was just about to get some stability with something new, I want a bit more stability. Looking at the economy with Jeremy Jeremy Hunt coming in. And then we have this resignation, which was obviously expected. But then, you know, the the last twenty four hours in itself is just unreal. Somebody's just writing a soap opera. Honestly, it's like Boris Johnson is now thinking of putting his hat in the ring. Um, obviously, you've got Penny Mordaunt, and then Rishi Sunak is expected to announce as well. But it's just unreal. What is going on? Not only with our current government, but the Conservative Party. You know, uh, brother Daniel Zia, he 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 presents uh, Drive Time with me yesterday, and he read out this tweet that was so hilarious, and he's been doing the rounds. And it was a tweet by a chap called Alan McGuinness. He said, "My son has lived through four <laughs> chancellors, three home secretaries, two prime ministers, and two monarchs, and he's only four months old." <laughs> You know, and that prime minister is is, is going to be three now. <laughs> you know, he said. you know, on a, on a on a really serious note. I mean, that's that should speak volumes, right? But on a serious note, we are a laughing stock. Yeah. Um, if if you look if you look at the the, the folks, if you think Brexit Brexit was bad and how we were being sort of singled out, imagine what the other countries are saying now. I mean, the U.S. just came out quite openly and, and criticised Liz Truss's um, e- economic foresight. Um, it's it's just crazy. I want and, you to hold that thought mm. because I want you to hold that thought because I just want to tell everyone what we're going to be talking about oh, yes, after ten thirty. We are going to be from ten thirty onwards. We're going to be um, talking about marijuana. There's so many programs that everybody talks about the pros and the cons and and the coolness and and you know everybody talks about marijuana in a in a um, you know in 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 a very light tone um but today we're going to be talking about why should marijuana um should never be legalized um we would love to hear from you we would love to hear your perspective um give us a call of course we will look at it from uh, um, the Islamic lens, and uh, and Brother Adil will also kind of relay some some uh, some facts and some stories with us as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been um, doing a little bit of research. Honestly, um, it was an eye opener for me. And I'll tell you some little bit of a few stories um, of what I heard. And I think it's really important for parents to pay heed. It's you just cannot ignore it. You just can't think, oh, it's not going to be my child. It's going to be fine. That's so true. You know, this you know, notion that it ain't never going to happen to me. Yeah. And it goes back to and we've had several shows on this about mm. parenting and about being open with your children. And, talk, and the first thing I did when I went home, mm. and as soon as you said, well, that that's the topic. And I said, oh, wow, OK, I better do my research then. Yeah. Did my research, came back and I said to my kids, what what do you know? What's what's vaping? Hmm. And they go, yeah, Dad. It's uh, you know, it happens at school and kids. Are, I said, have you vaped? No, no, we haven't. Hmm. But because of this, 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 this reason. Yeah. But the thing is that if, just imagine for those parents who are assuming the kids, oh, Nene, you know, this is not happening. We're gonna, you know, everything is fine. And I'll relay a couple of examples. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was just, it was shocking. We're going to be talking about that from 10:30 onwards. So do give us a call: 0208-687-7878. Why you think it should never be legalized? 
I know there's a lot of people out there who talk about the pros of it. Well, it's definitive. It ain't never going to be legalized from this studio. And that's what we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Um, And after that, we're going to go on and we're going to be talking about parenting. And uh, because, as Brother Adil said, um, when we talk of marijuana and we're talking about um, who this is affecting, parenting has a huge part to play in it. And we've got with us um, uh, Brother Usman, um, who has been with us for the past few weeks, because this has been a topic. We've we've discussed different aspects of parenting. And I think this is one aspect that is, is, is so important because it is literally destroying lives. So you want to talk about um, why marijuana should be um, it should never be legalized and how parents um, um, can see the sign, can identify signs, how parents, um, um, you know, can deal with the challenges um, of uh, their children, um, um, you know, who might be uh, who might be a victim to this drug. Give us a call 0208-687-7878 or you can join us on our social media platforms or email us via our website www.voiceofislam.co.uk Brother um, brother Adil, we were talking about the headline news and um, Asalaamu Alaikum, peace be on you, Brother Usman Wa Alaikum Asalaam, peace be on both of you Sorry I'm late but actually I was, I was trying to are I didn't, trying, you I didn't want to come empty-handed, so that's why you are coming like two plates full of croissants for you guys. And this is not just a yellow it's bottle. It's funny you've got, got six in got front of Adil and one in front of me. No, is no, that three, something like? No, is three, that is that a message? It's yeah. three each. It's three each. I was I was gonna say the third musketeers uh, arrived. Yeah, yeah. Now and the thing is, we I've got we tea have, as well, by the way. So we this have is to tea. talk about Usman. Uh-huh. But he, how does he fit into this Generation X? He's kind of is he Z or something? He's generation. He's all the generations. He's an imam. He's an imam. He represents all the generations. Oh, just tell me if you want a cup of tea. So I've already bought some for you. I've already, I've already bought you the tea. I can't as, as, as he munches into his croissant. <laughs> so, Brother Adil, who's going to be our next Prime Minister? Oh, dear Lord. Um, in my personal opinion, we need a general election. Nah. Uh, done with this. Um, if you sorry, if you I ask what the polls are saying, yeah, Rishi's got a good chance. I disagree with you. I don't. I don't trust the. Um, don't trust they have the, two years. The they have two years left. Yeah, but they. You know who's going to deliver on the mandate? My 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 man Rishi. Mm. My man. My Rishi. man Rishi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You you getting paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I because the. Everything this man said happened. Mm. That means he oh. knows he that means he knows something. Of course. This is so what so let's so let's give him a shot. The fact that there isn't going to I know everybody wants an election, but the Tories have two more years. Mm. Why would they just give that away? It's knowing pro- <laughs> knowing yeah, it's for them. <laughs> knowing they're never no, gonna win a single the seat. Here's the thing. There was an MP that came on, on, on television on BBC yesterday and I was watching a clip this morning. I can't remember his name now. But all he talked about was damage to the Tories, damage to the Tories, damage to the Tories, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end, he made a comment that in the national interest. Everything that you see so far, what I've observed, it's about self-interest. Okay. My personal opinion is whether you look at Penny Mordaunt, her journey, I don't believe she's an experienced minister. But it's all in her personal interest. Where is the interest of the nation, the common person that is suffering today? We're talking about, you know, energy crisis. We're talking about um, 
the standard of living has dropped massively. We're talking about health. I mean, you, you and I before the show talked about the state of the NHS because the, what the experiences that we've had. You know, who's talking about that? And everybody is just focusing so much on their own part in the implosion that's taking place. Yeah, but Brother Adil told me one MP who... And, and you know, on all sides of, um, um, of the political colours who actually works for the national interest. I mean, I'll bring Brother Swan into this. I mean, this, this, this idea of national interest, and from an Islamic perspective, um, true governance... Um, true governance would be about the national interest, wouldn't it? Of course it would be. But if you look at when someone thinks about the national interest, they don't sell themselves. Yep. So at the moment what's happening is you're s- these people are in positions where they're selling themselves mm. and making promises, which if you look at history of politics, 95% of those promises aren't fulfilled. Yeah. They have to kind of get people on side. And then when they're in power, it's almost... If you're... It's, I've not seen the attitude of, okay, well, now this person's been made, let's back him 100 or back her 100% for the national interest. It's always, oh, she slipped up. We have to wait for her to slip up so that we can now run our agenda. Mm. I saw that the day before our, well, um, Liz Truss, who's now formally resigned. But if you did you see the House of Commons deliberation? It was, I felt like, when I was watching it, I was like, I felt sorry for her. Forget that she's prime minister. That's someone's mum, someone's like elder in the family. That's a woman at the end of the day. And the way that they, she, she was being spoken to, yeah. I felt so uneasy watching that. And I thought almost she's being bullied. And I thought, well, how come no one's saying anything about women's rights now? No, like because because, because no, no. everyone's like, worried about their own interests. No, you see, th- th- I th- I think that's such an interesting point you make that nobody stood up for her because. This notion, and, and you said, well, because she's a woman, because this idea of equality, they've taken it to another level where they haven't used rationality and reason. They've taken out etiquette, respect in the name of equality. I'm not saying So but, they're yeah. saying the way they act, and, and, I, and I agree yeah. with you, they act, oh, that's how we would talk if it was a man yeah, yeah. so we can also talk to her I, in that way. I'm not saying that they spoke to her because she's like she's, they spoke to her in that way because she's a woman I'm just saying I felt uneasy mm. watching someone speaking to another woman in that way even if that was another man I'm just saying even if that was Boris Johnson they spoke to him in that way still you're a bit uneasy that these are the leaders of our country and there's no element of discipline no element of respect when it comes to country was it the um, country's interest mm. <laughs> that's just interest it's not about the national interest then you only worry about your but, own interest but it's one if you if you look at um and and for those listeners who are hearing us say pay all the time it's a mark of respect <laughs> and, I'm like, and i'm a lot younger than you it's a mark of respect as well as uh you know he's my younger brother as well so anyway uh and we say pay at the end um, the only reason he calls me Bhai because he just does, he wants to pretend he's a lot Babaji, more younger than me. Babaji, <laughs> right? So, he's not. <laughs> so, on in all seriousness, you know, the, the question is, who do we think is going to come into power? Right? Wh- who, which person out of the three that we think, you know? But the then then we started talking about the national interest. It's really important that whoever comes into that um, that position of governing us, this country, for the next two years. Um, rules with fairness, equity, um, justice, 
and for for everybody, <coughs> not just for one spectrum of society, which which is what the Tory party have do- done over the last six, eight weeks. They've demonstrated it. Um, and the results of it is that everything's been rolled back in terms of all of their policies. Now, I hope that, and you talk about the 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 what the Tories were were elected on mm. the manifesto. Yep, two thousand nineteen. Two thousand nineteen. I don't agree with some parts of it, but the the thing is that there has to be equity. We have to really support all of society, not the rich, not only the rich, but all of society, especially that the, those that are on the breadline. I, I agree with you to a certain degree, but you have to bear in mind in 2019, Boris Johnson won a whopping majority. Yeah, off the back of what? No, it, off the back of what? No, off, no, off the back no, of? Off the back of, of Brexit. Let's get Brexit, Brexit done. Yeah. Because people were sick of it. No, no, but listen. Right? Okay, okay, listen. See, I, as much as I agree with you, I, I think that this idea that we keep on bashing the Tories, awesome. They're asking for it. However, the reality is, how do we know Labour's ready? They haven't been in power for 12 years. They've never had the experience. And this thing about, oh, they're 35 points, they're 35 points ahead, not because that they're fantastic, it's because Tories are being so rubbish. We need to look at this from a realistic angle. You know, it's... Labour is going to be left with zero money in the account. And they have to come in and govern. To date, they haven't said how they're going to do it. They keep on saying, well, once we find out what the markets are saying, once we find out how much money is in the... how much money is in the... um, in the... in the bank, then we'll be able to kind of... which... Yes, makes sense. But from a policy point of view, tell us, what will your tax policy be um, if you had nothing? You know, make an assumption. Have something to do. And and don't get me wrong. Labour actually has a very good shadow cabinet. Lisa Nandy, um, uh, Reeves, the the, the shadow chancellor, I think she's very good. Um, I'm not a big fan of Keir Starmer. I've always said that. I I think he's he's a very decent man. He comes across very professional, but he's uh, he to me he looks too much like a Boris wannabe. He, he's always <laughs> it's uh, how do you do that? <laughs> I I'm you know again everybody knows I've always spoken I I like Esther Red Davy I you know I don't know it's, there's something I, like Davey, yeah. I, I you know you know who I really wanted I was hoping puts his name forward but he never he pulled out was um uh, his name slipped my mind the the finance the guy who took over oh Jeremy, Jeremy Hunt. Hunt. I was actually backing Jeremy Hunt. I was hoping, yeah, but I think he's run twice and he he lost twice. And and I think as I'm never going to forget one thing. And the reason I I say them because the thing is, look, for for someone like me, I'm 31 years old. Mm-hmm. I, Baby, I'm 31 <laughs> years old. But when I was like in my 20s, yeah, politics never interested me because it's like we're not in a country, like for example, in some countries, for just take Pakistan for example. What's happening there? It stopped. The country stops. Yeah. Here, when something like this happens, we're still getting on with our day-to-day lives. Yeah. It's not affecting us in that manner. So I've never really had that interest in politics. But um, my first, I remember, memory of politics, one of my first memories, was this guy standing up and saying, we're not perfect, and I'm not going to stand up and say I'm going to do everything. And in fact, I'm, I have, I'm a human being, I have shortcomings. That really stuck with me. Whereas everyone else was on the podium just kind of blowing their own trumpet. Mm. So it, that, that really was... Um, it was interesting to me. That's why when when he kind of came in 
to to his position that he's in now and he kind of amended some of the things that were in place. I was so hoping that maybe he would put his name in the hat, but you're right, I like Sir Ed Davey, he's a really nice gentleman as well. Yeah, I mean, he's, I don't know, um, he comes across... But this is the thing, how do you, for example, so I'm looking at it from a personality point of view. Hmm. Like, who's got the personality to be honest and lead in the way that we need? And I don't think people look at it like that. It's hmm. almost who can sell themselves the best. Yeah. Because I was listening to another news outlet about um, one of the candidates at Penny. She... Penny Mordant. Penny Mordant, yeah. She so another news outlet it was very interesting how they presented it. They said that this woman has been kind of forced in the previous years just stay at the back. Yeah. Because they've when Boris was in power, he saw that she had a lot of talent. And if she's given the limelight, people will start saying the same thing that she needs to lead. Mm. And I think she spoke for the first time the other day when Liz well, yeah, spoke as well. And she spoke well. And she spoke really well. And then people were like, Well, this is how our leader should be. That's right. So it's that same thing made me think, well, if back then we knew that this was the right person. I think we need someone like um, the First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon. I think when she talks, I really do. She is so like, damn, damn, damn. She just, she just knocks it on the head and deals <laughs> calls, with it. Calls it like it is. It calls it like it is, but, but, but she's good. She's and, and, so and, good. And, and, and I like the way she kind of comes across. Well, that's never going to happen, but let's get back to reality. Right? Why is that never going to happen? You, 16, she's got 60 no, She ain't never going to be a, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, is it? There could be a coalition with Labour yeah, yeah. or Liberals. There could be, you know, th- there is that possibility, you know. If these parties want to keep Tories out forever, mm. make a workable coalition. Liberals will never go into a uh, pact with um, with any party because of the experience they've had <laughs> with the Tories. They made a huge mistake. No. The majority of, what, 58? They, they are now down to, what, less than 10, 12? But I want to talk more about the implosion taking place within the, within the Conservative Party. The reason is that they are alarmed, right, by the investors. They're looking in and saying, hang on a minute, if you are going to elect Boris Johnson again as your Prime Minister, who was just kicked out mm-hmm. about, uh, what, three months ago? Okay. What are you guys doing? Off the back of, and this is all this is all to do with personal interest, off the back of, oh, who's going to win us the election? It's <coughs> nothing to do with the, na- the nation, the, uh, you know, in, in the nation's interest. Do you feel that his name has almost been put back in because this is the worst time to take leadership? And they thought, this is something you know, I was thinking. Yes. You know, uh, you yeah, know what? It's like w- that. Who wants to like take charge of a sinking ship? I, you know what? Maybe. I was thinking exactly that. That whether Rishi would actually stand up because of that reason. They know mm. they're going to lose the next election, mm. and they will, may have another. No, it's not. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. And I'm going to put both of you guys on hold for a second because we have a brother who's called in and who wants to join in into our conversation. We have with us brother Daniel Zia, who we mentioned him. Good afternoon. Good morning. Welcome, Salamikum, and peace be on you, brother. Good morning, brothers. Uh, uh, excellent show, by the way. I just wanted to make a very quick point about uh, the discussion you were having about leadership and <laughs> how important is it to have selfless leadership as opposed to you know be needing to sell yourself. Uh, so the point that I wanted to make was uh, from an Islamic lens, and the example that I wanted to present was the example of the elections within the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, where nobody is allowed to do any uh, canvassing um, on mm. their behalf. They're not allowed to, uh, to even say anything. They're not allowed to even make a speech for themselves. And I think that is a very good example to the world about how 
um, selfless leadership in modern times can actually be generated. Most so definitely. Excellent point. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Brother Daniel. Um, have a safe journey wherever you're going. Um, and Thank may you. God be with you. Thank you very much. Excellent show, yeah. Thank right. you, Brother. Um, an excellent point made by Brother Daniel that, you know, um, within, you know, you're you're allowed you're not allowed to canvas if you are going to nominate someone you can say some positive words about them but there is nothing negative no negative no negativity exactly. is allowed and and you know that's the beautiful teachings of islam um, of of how you know um you you kind of uh, elect leaders that and and when, and that point is so relevant today isn't it that when the opposition talks they don't talk about what they're going to do but they talk about what the others are not doing yeah I think, look, when it comes to Islam the, or any religion, and I think the, the difference is, <laughs> regardless of your position, whether it's on a local level, regional, national, international level, the element of answering to God is the same. The fear of answering to God. That, that, this point here is the difference of a good leader and bad leader. Because a good leader, the reality is... Before you're even in leadership, there's certain qualities that you look for in a leader. He's always truthful. He's honest. Um, he fulfills his rights, not just to God, but also to mankind. Like these, these are certain traits that you would think, okay, I want to vote for someone. Does he have these things? Because the reality is there will be hurdles that present themselves before whoever comes into power. But does his moral compass allow him to navigate the country uh, in the right direction? Most definitely. And the the point in all of this conversation, when you specifically look at it from the lens of the Hamdi Muslim community, it's about any, everything that we do is is for the pleasure of God Almighty. And it goes back to the ethos of why was the promised Messiah, Elislam, was foretold to come? What was the reason for it? And it was about two things: it was about recognition of the one God calling him to to recognize the Creator calling people to recognize the creator and secondly if about service to humanity and mankind and <clears throat> if we if we move away from that then it, all the things that um, our beloved um, uh, caliph Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad may Allah be his helper has been telling us about you start to see those building blocks fall apart whether it's to do <coughs> with um, <coughs> justice whether it's to do with equity whether it's, it's um, to do with fair play um, you know, and then it gives rise to other issues that we see at our own very doorstep, the things that are happening in Ukraine. And then if you go further afield, nobody actually now talks about Syria. Do you know? Yeah. Nobody yeah. talks about the issues that are happening in Palestine, for example. Um, nobody talks about the issues happening in Kashmir. Um, and, and, and this is what starts to spread when you start to look at self-interest. And really you need to, what I would love to see is... A, a government that is that comes in and really truly works for its people and it shows not just yeah. words you know the, the examples you gave um, as much as I agree that that is what's happening but th there's always been this narrative and I'm sorry I'm sure some people will disagree some people might agree that there is this <coughs> anti-islamic rhetoric that the media <coughs> throws out perfect example um, Russia is uh, using drones to to fly over um, Ukraine and they're throwing, um, you know, um, uh, bombs and whatnot. And the drones are being controlled and made in Iran. Okay. Well, then 
what, 80, 85,000 children in Yemen have died um, and all the weaponry has been made by America and UK. I don't, I never hear that. Why not? Why are they bringing a third country into, again, it's all proxy, that they're trying to create a narrative. Why is it that in Palestine, when in Israel, when, when an Israeli dies, it's a martyr or he's been killed, whereas in Palestine, oh, he's dead, he's died. Hmm. Words go a long way. It's a perception that um, I think what, what, we're, what we're talking about here is how um, there is, if you don't have fair play, equity, justice, because the leadership's not being, you know, are, are not looking at the wider picture of the nation, giving rise to other issues. I think putting that aside from a anti-Islamic perception perspective, I'm more focused on trying to understand. You know, what gives rise to these issues if you are if you don't have fair play, if you don't have equity in society, if, if people do not see um, the they're being benefited in some way, shape or form um, in terms of their health, for example, or the bank balance or a good job being able to feed their family, not worrying about whether to put food on the table or switch the heating off. Mm. You know, those are real issues. And on, to this day, I have not seen anything that will really convince me that our politicians, and that's what we're talking about this morning, it, are really, you know, are, are really working towards the interest of our of our country. How do you, how do you, um, because... A lot of people, when they just reflect on what's happening, you have those people who say this is all Brexit. But then you have those who say, no, actually, not really. It's not Brexit. It's similar when the market crashed in, was it 2007, 8? Those similar situations. How do you answer that then? What's your thoughts on that? Um, you got to remember that... Keep it brief. you got to remember that... Um, why, why is that? Because we kind of want to go on to our topic. Oh, sorry. Was that, I asked the question at the wrong time. No, no. Let the man finish. Let the poor man speak. <laughs> He's asked a question. I know you like to control the narrative. Okay, yeah. Before you get into it. You've taken a minute out of the answer. We've told our listeners we're going to be starting the time and punctuation. Please, can I finish? No. Just one point. Let him finish. So, your question was about what to blame. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you look at Brexit Brexit ha has had a direct effect on the economy there's mm -hmm. no doubt it's yeah. taken a huge hit if you look at what's happening in the stock market that's a good gauge right Okay. and if you take what's happening now it's because of self-inflicted wounds on ourselves right so you can, you can the reflection is what's happening with the economy right now your interest rates have in fact trebled from what it was yeah. nine months ago yeah. right you talk about the dollar versus the pound. You talk about the euro versus the pound. It's tanked. You look at your pension, right? I don't even want to look at it anymore because it's lost value, although it's for the long term. Those are the gauges that I can see that <coughs> those events do have an Im impact. And Hazur, uh, our, 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 our beloved Khalifa, has already mentioned this time and time again, is that there is blessings in unity, um, and and you know this country has done the opposite of moving it, and we're seeing the signs of it. <coughs> just, I just want to clarify the point you make about the interest rates. Look, interest rates were going to go up internationally anyway. What the mini budget did was it accelerated the speed of the interest rates going up. They were going up. I mean, if you look at the states, which we have a copycat economy, 
they're, they're you know they're hitting six seven percent um, in Europe they're going up but because of the mini budget the the, the pace at which the interest rates were going to go up increased and it probably kind of increased by maybe one to two percent but I just want to kind of bring this to to an end so, but I find a question to both of you gentlemen who's going to be on next Prime Minister on Monday brother Adu me Brother Osman. <laughs> I hope it's not him. We need to, <laughs> Thank you. If it's him, no, no, no. If it's you, we'll back you. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, what, would because you, what would you like? Who would you like um, to, to be at the realm of the throne? Well, I wouldn't want Boris to come back, okay. personally. Okay. And uh, I wouldn't want it to be Rishi. You wouldn't? No. So you want Penny Mordant? I, I think I'm... Leaning towards Penny Morden. Good God, brother Adil. Only because, may, no, no, the, it's, it's only because one of my things is with, I think Rishi is amazing, super talented, but I think the time that we're in now, like we mentioned, people not being able to turn their heatings on, mm. people going through a difficult time, and it's not the rich who are suffering; it's the average people who are suffering. And I and I mentioned this to you yesterday. I feel with Rishi, as talented as he is, I don't think he's seen that grassroots level of living as an average person. So mm. he would he wouldn't sympathize for us, and I remember seeing that clip of him going to like this really high end area, saying that you know we need to pump more money into this area. So that that really put me off from Rishi. He might be the if he's best for our country, then I hope it's him. But for me personally, my personal choice, I'm, so, I'm towards. So him. I have a slightly different view on that. I think Rishi would be a good choice because he's seen the books, right? Mm -hmm. He knows how to ba do balance things going forward. My only concern is that he's going to go too far and put the squeeze on, just like what uh, Mr. Osborne did uh, when he came in. Mm. Right, so that was like a, a moment of austerity. We've been living in austerity for the last sort of seven, eight years, and then COVID hit. So that was my only concern is the how, how much is he going to squeeze and what's going to be fair for those people who can't um, meet their needs. I think the question we need to ask is not who comes in next. Is whoever comes in next? How long do you think he's there for? <laughs> because that's that's what our, our country's Good. looking Listen, internationally. I, I, I'm thinking. Okay. I think Rishi Sunak will be the person who will be our next prime minister, and I think he will give Sakir Stam a run for his money in two years. I think he, he will put pressure on Labour. Um, I do agree with Brother Adilan what you say about look. It's the the need of the moment is to make sure that we look after the vulnerable, and I think I think Rishi's kind of listened and and heard that. And and one hopes and prays that when if if and when he does come in, um, he he kind of does um, take action to ensure that uh, people do not suffer over the winter period. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live with myself, Kayum, Brother Usman, and Brother Adil. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to go on to our topic of the morning, which is marijuana, wacky backy. Is it uh, is something that everybody is? Uh, it's it's a popular topic to talk about legalizing. But today we're going to kind of um, um, <coughs> flip the coin. We're going to be talking about why it should never be legalized. And it, uh, it's something <coughs> Brother Adil feels very, um, and, and I think most parents should feel very touchy about. So do stay tuned, grab yourself a cup of coffee, croissant, um, you know, some food and wait to for us to come back and join in to our conversation <laughs> and give us a call. O two oh eight six eight seven seven eight seven. Hello, brother Adel, you're you're in stitches there. No, I actually I was gonna tell you, you know, because I listen to you in the mornings. Okay. And you kept saying 
I hope someone's brought it to you because you keep saying yeah, someone could bring me avocado. Toast. I did. I, I, so actually, I, I started I did, putting. I, nobody brought it. So I, I actually started putting because of you avocado yeah. on my toast. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice on eggs. Yes. Yeah, I like it. It's just nice. But thank you. But it's but poached eggs. Don't do fried eggs. No, I do, I do like an egg mixture, egg meal mixture, and just put like a avocado slice. On. Try on poached egg. He's got time and to make poached some, eggs. I've got to go to work. Just, yeah, just poached just, eggs. It <laughs> takes two takes a few seconds. Um, put some chili flakes on it. You'll oh. love it. <laughs> All right. I'm telling you. Can we can we break for news, please, or something? Can we okay. stop talking about food? Okay. Well, you're eating on live radio. <laughs> exactly. At least I'm not talking about take it. A, take a, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go on to our topic of the morning. Do stay tuned. Allah, Allah, Akbar, Allah, Akbar. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio, broadcasting on DAB and via the internet, 24 hours a day. of Islam Radio. The powerful, the one who has both power and authority over all his creatures. It is Allah who created you in a state of weakness, and after weakness gave strength, then after strength caused weakness and old age. He creates what he pleases. He is the all-knowing, the all-powerful. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live with myself, Kayoon, Brother Adil and Brother Usman. Topic of the morning, marijuana. Why it should never be legalized. Brother Adil. Yes. You kind of... Why, why shouldn't it be legal? Why should it not why be legalized? Why should it never ever well, be legalized? Well, you know, there's, there's an opinion, right? So Did I wake you up there for a second? <laughs> <laughs> I was just... <laughs> I was Curb. just getting into it. I want to apologize. I, I want to start this this section with an apology. Um, so you're not allowed you, to laugh. Okay, but you can. Um, yes, I, I can. Yes. So so let's just look. Step back a bit. What are we talking about here? We're talking about marijuana, which is. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it a is it a class B or it is it is class B class B it and it used to be class A A years ago, and it's for 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 people who smoke would have a I guess would have a knowledge or a better appreciation of you know marijuana being a classed as a recreational drug um, but the the consistent use of marijuana 
you know, there's several reports that talk about how it has mind-altering uh, effects. It impacts your social life, your homely life, etc. And we'll talk about some some stories on this. But you know, just to under- get a better understanding of you know the effects of marijuana, should it be legalized? It has been legalized in a number of countries, Holland being one of them. Oh, ah, misconception. Okay, this is one thing that everybody thinks. Holland cannabis marijuana is actually <coughs> illegal in Holland. Please do. Really? You're yep. right. Actually, I thought it was legal there. Yeah, it's not. So how? No, because there are there, because there are certain cafes who are licensed to sell mixtures in cakes oh. and 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 in a certain way. So if you're but as a as a law of the nation, mm-hmm. it's not legalized. So if that means if someone's smoking on the streets of Holland. They can the be police can policemen. arrest you, but they won't. But they can. Why won't they? It's just too much paperwork. It's something that's... Ha- and this this is my point. Oh, this is why then the whole Holland thing is uh, That's so right. Because people... The, the, you know, the, this this notion that people have of, of... Oh, let's go to Holland. Because it's more freely available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's more freely available. Of course there is. But it's not legal. Okay. It's like here. It's class B, B drug. Um, personal use... Uh, police will allow you to get away with a bit of personal use. Supply, they will catch you. Right. So I've just fact-checked that as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd do that for the listeners. Yeah. In Netherlands, it is against the law to possess, sell, or produce drugs, <clears throat> especially marijuana in this case. Um, soft drugs are less damaging. Now, w- what does soft drugs mean? Uh, to health than hard drugs. Therefore, in Netherlands, coffee shops are permitted to sell cannabis under certain strict conditions now i when i when i knew that we were going to do do this show um i went to a vape shop where you would normally get your phones fixed so i went there to get my phone fixed as well so i thought i'll take advantage of asking some questions (laughs) asking some questions um and one of the things i asked them was you know can you can you get hold of um uh, what you call cannabis cartridge in in this country, and they said N- no, you can't because it's not legal. But depends who's asking. But of, of yeah, course, so you if you, if you yeah. go on the black market, right? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, what the, the interesting statement that gentleman made was that you can get it in not uh, Holland, which I assumed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all kosher. So, so again, this. It is now and vaping is another thing that I want really want to talk about is because that we, previously it was about you know the olden days yeah. hookah right hookah, in our yeah. in Pakistan right it was yeah. like a it's even like here a, loads of people do it here shisha well. we call shisha, it shisha, yeah, call it shisha yeah. and now it moved to cigarettes mm. uh, maybe over the last seven decades or so and it was quite uh, used um, by the soldiers for example and then you moved into you know electronic cigarettes e-cigarettes vaping and that's more to do with the younger generation yep. right um, and we're talking about marijuana what 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 I heard what he was saying was that now the, ge- the the younger generation are using vapes as a means to use drugs to okay. use marijuana and that was really that sent alarm bells to me saying geez if we if, if that's the extreme of drug yeah. use using vape uh, as a medium then just imagine, you know, what's happening with the younger generation, yeah. right? Now, there are reports that we'll read through that talks about how, and I know we're slightly moving off topic from a marijuana perspective, but I want to lead it back to what's happening, where it's starting. So the younger generation, 
is really taking up vaping from as young as 12 in middle school to high school and then as you as you moved into university for example it's quite common and then that's when your hard drugs kick in right yep. so if we're talking about marijuana we need to really look at the whole picture of the impact it's having on society <coughs> from from a smoking perspective first yep. because it's gradual right you don't just yep. go straight to marijuana you you're smoking and then suddenly somebody offers you yep. marijuana and you have that and then some something harder and and, and it's it's a gradual process and you don't even realize. And then by that time, it's you're on really hard drugs. And actually, it's, I 100% agree with what you're saying. It is part of your social circle. Um, you get introduced to it or you see someone doing it. You want to be part of a certain group. Or you just want to be accepted. You just want to be accepted in society. Um, and it's actually very interesting because when I see some of our guys or our youth members using a vape pen, I always, well, I don't tell them off. I just say, do you know what's in that? Can you tell me the ingredients? Just out of interest. And they never know. They're like, oh, we don't know. Which is, again, quite alarming because it's like you don't know what you're putting in your body. Mm. Whereas at least with, I'm not by no means saying cigarettes is a good thing, but with cigarettes, you have some idea of the ingredients and the percentage of what ingredients is in the cigarette. Uh, but with vape, it's like there's no idea. And now if you're, if you're saying that you can somehow put marijuana into that as well, mm. that is then, you're right, it's... Cutting out the middleman. There's no element of. Uh, That's right. And you have you have the nicotine. You have a nicotine element. Now there was a, there was a gentleman there who was buying a vape liquid. I think it was, and he was putting it into whatever he was doing to fill it up. I asked him this question. I said, "This bottle that you've got of whatever mill, mm. how long is that going to last you? And how many packs of cigarette is that?" And he said, well, "This will last me three days. It's about three packs of twenties." Oh wow! And I was like. Really? And what are you trying to do? I'm trying to cut back. I said, why are you? <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be back here in three days. Yeah. And um, it's just the... Firstly, it's it's about the age group that it is more attractive yeah, towards. Yeah. Because I don't see people who are 30 and above using it. Maybe Kumbai could correct me, but I don't really see that. You'll see more people using cig- yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. physical cigarettes. Um, so it's it's... Vaping is, I think, it's towards a certain market. <clears throat> but then I'll tell you another story. There was this young lady there, and she bought this. Uh, you can see I've done some of my research. So she came in and then quite discreetly said, can I have a, a disposable? So she picked it up, and I said, can I ask you some questions? Do you mind? Mm-hmm. And she, I think she was around about 19, I think, or 20. And I thought she was just going to say, I've started this and I'm using it. And I was shocked by her response. She goes, I'm trying to get off weed. Okay. And I said, really? Um, I said, yeah, because I, I got hooked on it and I'm trying to use vaping as a mechanism to, to get off it. And th- the other thing that she said was the reason why she's smoking, because it's odorless. My mm. parents can't smell it. And that's the only thing I can use. So th- this is where... If parents are not careful, are not paying attention, are not asking the questions, and that this is what this show is about, you've got to ask your children this question. You've got to sit down with them and talk to them about the good and the bad and the ugly. Hold that, hold that thought, brother. We've got, a, got our first caller who's coming. We've got with us Farhan. Good afternoon. Good morning. Assalamualaikum. Uh, Peace be on you, Farhan. Thank you for taking time out and giving us a call. What's your perspective on this topic? Good morning. I think first of all I wanted to say that uh, this is not a new problem because uh, I remember back in 2011 in uh, sixth form I used to see students 
and I know some friends as well who used to use it, and I'm talking about vaping and cannabis, both of it, and uh, putting drugs inside the, the vaping devices as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I thought I'll, I thought I'll highlight that, but then my personal view is that I'm actually strongly against it because I've seen friends, you know, from 10 years ago who were addicted to cannabis, and uh, they really struggled with it, and even up to this time, they can't actually break the habit. And uh, they told me themselves that they suffered from it, and uh, the behavior has changed. Every month, spending around hundreds of pounds. Yeah. If you calculate over a year, you're spending a thousand, and over ten years, you're spending almost ten or twelve thousand pounds. Wow. So the, it's actually very destructive for you in terms of your, you know, development yeah. and also financially. Wonderful. Um, Farhan, are you a parent? Uh, I am now, yes. I mean, how would you explain this challenge? Um, or do you think it would be a challenge to discuss this with your with your child when they're of age? Uh, hopefully not, inshallah, because my children, they're still very young. They're no, no, what, what I mean is about making them aware of the dangers in society <laughs> of it. Um, or is that something, or, or would you not talk to them about it at all? No, I will. I will talk to them about it, definitely. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Thank you for, for, for calling in, and thank you for giving us your perspective. <coughs> Have a good day. Uh, May God be with you. Thank you, Farhan. And uh, wow. that's it. That's there, there, there we had uh, uh, Brother Farhan, who mm. gave us a perspective yeah. of, uh, you know, of... of Brother Suman, what's your take on what Farhan said, that he wouldn't discuss it at all? No, I think he said he would discuss Did it. Did he say it's he just, would discuss it? No, he said he would. He would. He would. He, but he's, I mean, he's saying that his family is quite young. Yeah, so. he goes, my family is quite young. But, this, but that, that is, goes that on is, to what Brother Adil was talking about, having a conversation with your children yeah. about it, isn't I it? I think it sometimes depends where you live as well. Does it? I think so. Not, no, not, not. It shouldn't change the fact of you addressing this topic or any topic. Mm. But I'm saying, for example, if you live in like a... An Islamic country, let's just say, mm. where the rules of what you can do and can't do aren't just limited to your four walls, and the whole society should know this. Then yes, you're right. Maybe you don't need as heavy as a talk because the reality is society is telling you that that's wrong. Mm. But where you see that society now is so. For example, I was raised in an estate. I still parents still live there. You, you don't even you just wake up to that smell. Mm. It's so normal. Naturally, then your parents have to tell you that this is this and right and wrong and don't. Provided your parents know what it is is themselves. What is well. it that they're yeah. smelling? Yeah. There's a point Brother Adil made about age groups, and I kind of wanted to. Um, it's a point we will we will kind of discuss more when we come back um, because we are coming up to the news. But Brother Adil, you'd be surprised to hear it's something we always talked about that when things are illegal, most people <coughs> follow the law. Most people are law-abiding citizens, and they don't break it. In America. There's been studies where they have legalized it in certain states. And now parents have started using it as a, as, to calm themselves to parent their children because it's legally accessible. Wow. So this idea that you think 30, this is a drug for under 30s, this is a drug for all generations. There are people... From all walks of life, going back to your point about country, yeah. this drug has been spoken about so much over the past 50 years, 60s and 70s, 
and so many people and culturally and media and 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 you know so many people and they 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 kind of bring in this topic from the medicinal point of view um which is a very small so, fraction so i'm oh, sorry i think you misheard me i never i never said that it was an age thing for marijuana no, no, you said it was about vaping vaping is oh, okay. uh, is yeah sorry so, i thought you you were talking no, about no no marijuana yeah. obviously has been yeah for decades um but but it the point that you're making here that is surprising to me that parents are taking it because they want to calm themselves down no, but but it's just there, there are clubs out there but this yeah. is my point we who are anti this are not fully aware of our own facts yep because we assume that there are people out there doing it so that's fine it is our responsibility to go out and find out no, but you can't, who's doing you this you can't pre uh, prescribe yourself medication no but if i know that there is a challenge in society and and i know my children or my peers or members in my family might be affected by this Oh, is 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 it not the responsibility of no, the no, person no, no. to to find out the in- correct information? No, you know, absolutely it is. I know. Going back to that point where you said mm-hmm. parents kind of, kind of prescribe themselves. Yes. In that, yet yeah, this is the medicine because that they need. can't handle the pressures of parenting. Mm-hmm. But that's something we will come back to in our te- second topic more later on in the hour. We are coming up to eleven uh, o'clock. We're gonna take a quick break for the news and listen to some messages. When we come back, we're going to carry on talking about why marijuana should be, uh, should never be legalized. And we will also be talking about parenting. So do stay tuned. We're going to play some messages and go to the news and come back and join us after 11 o'clock. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. of Islam Radio. His Holiness, Hazret Mirza Masroor Ahmed, the present head of the community, continues in his effort to unite people from all faiths and cultures by promoting interfaith dialogue and religious freedom. He has traveled extensively to spread the message of peace and to remind everyone to respect the rights of other human beings. During these tours, His Holiness has met world leaders from the Far East to Europe. From North America 
to Africa, discussing the economic, social and political problems facing the world today and how to create peace and justice in the world. He has also met religious and community leaders in order to share common values and core ideals universal to all religions and cultures with a view to improving the moral state of mankind and creating an atmosphere of love and affection. From young to old, he compassionately listens to the ordinary man, regardless of race, color or religion. He has personally initiated social projects and schemes to alleviate poverty and human suffering. His concern is not just about the well-being and moral state of the members of the Ahmadiyya community, but of the great human suffering of mankind at large. The Ahmadiyya community knows only that Islam, which is the Islam of love and affection, offers a real message of peace and security. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live with myself, Kayyum, Brother Usman and Brother Adil. And the topic we're discussing, why should marijuana never be legalized? The fact that countries are debating um, this around the world to legalize it is not only dangerous, but it's also, um, it, it, it is and it will be proven to be disastrous for families um, across the globe and across all different societies. Attitudes towards this mind-altering substance is changing. And many people don't believe it is harmful, and so it should be. So it 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 should be legalized. However, this this mindset, this thought process is very dangerous. Marijuana is a drug that changes brain chemistry, alters mood, causes side effects, and leads to addiction in at least a tenth of users. There are too many reasons for why this why why keeping this drug um, illegal is paramount. Um. We, Brother Usman talked about young people. Brother Adil has also talked about young adults and teens. Um, and they are especially vulnerable to the negative effects of marijuana. They are more likely to be, they, they are more likely to become addicted. In fact, as Brother Adil talked about the vaping, it companies are making products um, which will make sure you are ad- become addicts. Yeah. They, they, you know. In, in in the olden days, people talked about and and you know Brother Usman was was making fun of when I used the word wacky backy because wacky-backy. in the olden days wacky backy in the six <coughs> this is a term used in the sixties and seventies when people used to smoke herbs they were based on you know on, on natural substances but today the vaping that Brother Adil talked about they, it's replaced by chemicals and and you talked about it Usman how when you ask people what they're smoking they didn't have a clue yeah, they, don't. they don't know mm. what is in the vape and brains of teenagers who are which are still developing Mm. and using and 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 these chemicals um you know they alter the mind and they hamper the development of the of the the brain so one thing that i was I, i was reading um that the the mind continues the brain continues to develop until the age of 26 mm. and those that are you know especially that that's why it's so harmful for, for young people a when you start it you become addicted to it um, and then if you continue to to to, to take this drug <coughs> it, it has mind-altering um, chemicals that once it's done your neural nets are set so and and again one of the callers who'd, who'd, who'd called in saying it's, it's for some people it's just too late yeah they have to continue to taper off the addiction a the addiction and the effects that it has they have to continually have to be on that high uh, in order to cope with it um and again 
let's talk about issues about accidents about uh, about addiction so yeah. and and that's a point i think you, you i mean I, i would like it for you to highlight the accident thing because everybody talks about drink driving drink driving police stopping it it's exactly the same isn't it yeah so so you know most people who who use um marijuana uh, like the relaxation element of it and the cessation that it imparts on the brain effectively that's what it's doing uh, the drug makes you feel drowsy it makes you feel relaxed it makes you feel comfortable and happy it's a buzz as they say in some mm. in some in some corners right but the downside of the effect is the risk of having accidents because you're really not in control of your faculties um uh, you, you you know you i think you talked about uh, if it was it's similar to being intoxicated mm. it's all about the chemicals whether it's through alcohol or whether it's through through marijuana it's the chemicals that are impacting the brain so the marijuana is actually really messing up with your coordination with your reaction times it really slows you down your inhibitions um while you know high on high on marijuana people um end up making bad choices you are prone to having more accidents um and that's just one element of 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 one of the issues that you find when you're on you're on high on drugs the 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 other issue you have is and i was talking to um a friend a friend of mine this morning um about the the effects of the addiction of 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 marijuana and they were talking about you know something that happened in their own family where they saw their own child getting using marijuana on from a, from a friend peer pressure and they started doing it on a daily basis one of the interesting things that they said was that it wasn't the fact that they were on marijuana it's the fact that when they didn't have marijuana the impact that it had on themselves the reaction because the body was craving it so that's the addiction part and then when they were on a high they were relaxed and all of that so everything is fine but then when they didn't have the drug the impact it had on the family was was enormous and it took it nearly broke the family and it took you know good i would say 5 or 6 years a for that person to realize because once you become an adult the parent as such doesn't have a right in terms of asking the gp etc so then you all have had that to deal with then then that that child is an adult and is is <coughs> you know in control of its own faculties and in terms of its own destiny and what they want to discuss medically with their with their gp if they don't want to have a cure <coughs> there's nothing you as a parent can do so really have to nip it in the in, in the bud in the beginning but talking about addiction to what happened to that family was that eventually that person realized many years later this was really damaging they they saw the errors of their ways and they started to cut back and i asked the question if you look at your your child who's now a, a grown man now from before the addiction during the addiction and after it says it's poles apart in terms of what they were their personality changed their behavior changed there was more aggression during that period uh it impacted the whole family but when they were off it you you just can see it's it's clear as day so this was one of the examples that you know was very personal um that i wanted to I wanted actually to just on that note um the promise masah the founder of the hamdi muslim community states and it's is very similar to exact the point that you just made he states that when a person becomes addicted to drugs then it becomes difficult for him to stop what are drugs on one hand they destroy life and on the other hand they are two sustenance for life if a drug addict does not get a dose of the drug then his condition can reach death 
So it's exactly what you're saying, and I, and I think from even from my point of view, it's that's the point. So there are people who might take it on an individual basis, and it only affects them individually, and they take it in a way that it doesn't affect society. But the reality is, majority of youngsters, youth, they get into this gang culture where drugs has a heavy impact, not just on them but the whole society. And then all of a sudden, crime rates go up, murder rates go up families are getting destroyed and 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 maybe this the next discussion we can have is how do you spot the signs in terms of Be- before your son we get, or before someone we get you, that, you love i, I kind of want to bridge i i kind of want to make it a point that it's more than the drug scene it is you're 100% correct that the the, the drug scene is there they are the, they in fact they're using kids uh, they make them addicts and then they turn them into suppliers and couriers Yep. However, however, the 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 dangerous bit about marijuana is that academics, uh, people from um, wealthy backgrounds, people of all walks of life, um, from a monetary and educational point of view, are now talking um, pro. I mean, I'll give you an example. Richard Branson at one time said, if marijuana was ever to be legalized, he would create a monopoly for it. He said, I would sell everything and just do this. He said, "If it was ever legalized, people, because they know there's so much money to be made, in it, and and one needs to realize, money and big conglomerates have a big part to play in this. Big business is part and parcel of this drive to legalize cannabis in certain parts so, of the world." So, can I ask you a question? You've heard of CBDs, right? Yes, cannabis-based drugs. That's right. Yeah. Um, what's your opinion of it? Um, again. Um, it has been introduced to the world on the on the guise of medicinal but what people don't remember or realize is it is a fraction and i mean fraction of the percentage of people who do use it for medicinal purposes people who suffer from um, lifelong pain management um, illnesses um, with like multiple sclerosis um, you know um, or fibromyalgia um, or, or or muscular um, or, or bone uh, damage um, where but then it's that that's a s- small percentage most people who smoke um, are healthy people are smart people are intelligent people are poor people middle-class people rich people this drug is does not discriminate in fact it's is <coughs> is becoming a problem <coughs> from everyone and the, your point about the drug thing the reason is relevant that these young kids are becoming couriers and suppliers for the rich hence is bringing money yep. into into the into the this underworld and the and this this argument that the government has that if we legalize it it will um it will um, kind of kill um the uh, the 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 black market but the point is if you legalize it people will try it because it's legal yeah if you legalize it it will be available in shops where people say well let me try that they call cannabis the gateway drug it is the first drug they take <clears throat> under the notion that oh it's not harmful it's not addictive a lot of people will say this oh marijuana it's not addictive so so can we can we draw some parallels i know we're slightly mm-hmm. moving off topic i think the addiction element is quite important here yep. if you look at cigarettes mm-hmm. or alcohol mm-hmm. it wasn't 
legalized. It was legalized much later in the 20s or 30s, I think. And if you try to draw parallels with this, you know, if you look at how alcohol has been legalized, what impact it's had on society, cigarettes being legalized, what impact it's had on society, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Has that, um, it's, it's the way it was being promoted and then suddenly, you know, cigarettes are really bad for you. Um, you know, it causes cancer. All of those issues that <coughs> you start to see, and you know, big tobacco organisations were sued over that. Right now, if you try to draw a parallel with marijuana, if this was legalised, what would be the impact? Say that again. What would be the impact? So, if you if you draw parallels mm-hmm. to alcohol and cigarettes mm-hmm. when they were legalised mm-hmm. many decades ago, yeah. and even then they were same. I'm sure they were having same kind of campaigns. That okay, were, so, w- so what would be the impact if this if was legalised? Yeah. Oh, it would yeah. go uh, again. It would follow. So we already know the proof. The templates are already there, yeah. so you so yeah. rightly say that dr- the alcohol and the tobacco industry is is the perfect example. Who are, in fact, they are also running the vaping industry. Exactly, they are running yeah. the vaping industry. Yeah. So th- they would just jump in. It would be the bandwagon and say, "You all, oh, mm. let's make more money." Mm. But they, but again, they will suddenly have access to a whole lot more people because it's market. legalized. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But you talked about, um, you know, w- you've already talked about the effects and, and you know, the psychotic behavior, the depression. Um, but I quickly want to, before I go to Brother Usman, and he's going to, uh, you know, kind of tell us how to spot the signs and, and kind of give us the Islamic perspective as well. Because the reason I want him to kind of um, highlight the signs is because it will kind of give us a good um, bridge onto our next topic for parenting, because parents need to understand um, what these signs are. They need to be able to identify. So just to look at some of the quick, um, um, uh, you know, look at it as a, as a uh, facts on cannabis. Cannabis is a gateway drug. Um, Swedish research on animal is finding that cannabis primes the brain for the use of other drugs. And a 25-year study from birth in New Zealand has found cannabis used to be the single most common factor in progressing to other drugs. Depression can occur sometimes leading to suicide. Violence already, Brother Adil has spoken about it, so has Brother um, uh, brother Usman. Um, cannabis, and, and this is this fact about smoking, cannabis smoke deposits three to four times as much tar as tobacco smoke does in the lungs and airways. It causes lung cancer, bronchitis, lung disease. Um, rare head and neck cancers are now being found in young smokers asthma worsens i mean the the fact that uh, these illnesses it should scare the living daylight out of you you know if 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 you're listening to this and if you're a smoker and you think don't please please i beg of you don't ever think it ain't never going to happen to me and and i'll use myself as an example i was 39 years old when i had a heart attack and the day i had it i said to myself this isn't supposed to happen to me hmm. There is there is no guarantees. If you are a parent, if you think like brother Adisal, don't live in this, 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 this. I, one hopes and prays that your children are safe, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be aware. That doesn't mean you shouldn't know the signs. Brother Usman, could you kind of go through those signs? Yeah. So it's difficult because <coughs> there are a number of signs. And it's not to say that 
each person will have the similar yeah. it will have the similar effect on each person but the most common signs you can say obviously as we mentioned is behavior change um sudden flare-ups and kind of becoming more verbally and physically abusive you mentioned suicide uh, tendencies they tend to grow sometimes p- turn to this as a way out of That's whatever right. they're going to but then that doesn't really necessarily have that effect that they think it will and their suicide tendencies can um, increase your circle of friends that you're hanging around with um, and, and I think you notice as well that okay this person has gone from hanging around with ABC who were very good to now old friends who we know were an issue and now he's actually the, the, you, you back work involved. With, you work with the youth yeah. D- can you identify with some of these? This one is the biggest one the for f- me. The friends. The friends, yeah. The circle of friends that they have is because when you get them by themselves, mm. you sincerely realize that they're very good-hearted mm. young men who, for some whatever reason, got involved in the wrong company uh, or maybe money was an initiative that I want money mm. or maybe there was a breakdown in communication with their parents. No one stopped them at the right time uh, and now it's just those friends who you've made who are involved with you they've kind of earned your trust mm. to the extent where you now find it very difficult to say no to them because they're like well we will you know we've done xyz for you we've always stood up for you we've always backed you in any problem you've had and now we're just telling you to stay with us and you can't mm. it's okay you can stay with us and you don't have to smoke yeah. <laughs> it's so difficult that never yeah. happens so when you get them as an individual I still remember there was one you, uh, individual I took him out of his circle uh, I mean the classic example is of Ramadan that's yep. the best example month of fasting. so the month of fasting where it's such a blessed month even if you throughout the year you're not practicing Muslims it's something about this month something in the air that just makes you want to do it, it everyone attracts around you, you towards attracts it, yeah. you towards it in that month all of these boys they, you see them in the mosque they're coming they're active they're very much you can tell they're, they're, they're involved they're involved and they're off whatever they've been taking hmm. because they're fasting and then as soon as Ramadan finishes they all feel good they're like oh this is good we should but then as life gets back to normal and they forget to continue those practices that they've learned in that month they go back to their old habits hmm. So it's the, these are for me some of the common signs but I, I feel that where it's like where parents hold a and I don't know whether we can move on to our next conversation We can do I was going to actually where, say where that Where parents for me it's where parents we don't for example in the society we live in our children especially Muslims or people of religious backgrounds who uh, know this is wrong you're raising your children in your own four walls telling them this is right this is wrong as soon as they step out into the world they're now amongst people in secondary school work where according to freedom they're allowed to do what they want yeah and it's not wrong for them but you're sitting there now going through a trial in your mind should i do it should i not do it this is wrong this is right this is wrong and yeah you might slip up but as parents as older brothers older sisters older whoever you may be if everyone is a role model in their own respect if you notice a change in behavior or a change in your child, you should address that. I think it's where you leave it to, he'll be okay, it's just a phase. I think this is the biggest problem with parents sometimes, that it's just a phase. Or we mentioned that some parents feel that, no, it can't be my son. Where you ignore these things, it's where it gets worse. And when you decide to tackle that situation, it's too late. Because your son is now an adult. 
and he thinks he knows better anyway mm. so for me that's where parents that address it the success rate of kind of helping their children effectively it's a lot higher and i just want to look at the other side of the coin and and you made some really good points about from a parenting perspective how we can't you know we 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 really have to go in with open eyes and not be too concerned about raising this as a discussion with our children it's a must it's part of parenting but on the other side those of you who have listened to this show who are you know discreetly um taking these drugs um i think it's it's time that you know you you assessed your situation if you if you wanted want to call out for help um there are several um uh government backed charities there are several charities out there that are there to help you in terms of the addiction the nhs lines are open as well please reach out to your friends your family more importantly your family reach out to them for help um you know because it, it is never too late and if you feel that there is something that is that can be done to help you then it's really important that you know you do speak up talk to your siblings if you can't talk to your parents but you do need to reach out for help don't let this go that yep you're in control and and you can give up any time you like you know the statistics don't lie um and it's you know you you don't want to be in a situation where you have a very bright future in front of you and then you are you are letting peer pressure get the better of you where on the one hand you have a loving family where they can support you through difficult times and the good times as well do reach out so my, again i really wanted to emphasize the point for those who are looking to a, a way out of this uh, and are and are looking for help i will say sorry before you make it there is a very um It's, it's an amazing uh, interview of his holiness that was taken by the review of religion right, yes. on their website if you just go on their website uh, and you just search cannabis uh, and it's under the title cannabis and unstoppable war the chief editor said amir safir he ha- um, sat down with his holiness hazrat mr masood may god be his helper and they spoke about this topic in length and his holiness just mentioned all of the and this topic as well whether it should be legalized he specifically, he specifically spoke, spoke about, Marano, about it yeah. yeah he spoke about it so that is definitely worth to read out and encourage all of our listeners to go on and read it before we go on to um you know uh, our, our next topic you know 5 years ago 95% of psychiatrists would have said that cannabis doesn't cause psychosis but if you were to do your research and go out and talk to people it's estimated that now 95% would say it does cause psychosis me and when me and brother um uh, adil and brother uh, usman were having a laugh when i when i referred to the term wacky backy yeah. the reason why i said wacky backy because that is how it was referred to in the olden days um and i remember the first time when i used the word my mom said to me what does that mean yeah now cannabis is called skunk <laughs> marijuana pot grass weed joints spliff hash hashish blow wacky backy there are soap food it's called food now as well if you as a parent are hearing your children use these words it is imperative not that don't automatically judge they they're doing something they might be having a conversation <coughs> they might know someone is doing it but you as a parent need to know it is your part of your responsibility of parenting to be aware 
What's your take on that, Brother Adil? Because, you know, you're a parent as well. No, absolutely. And I think from, from a very young age, us as parents really made it a point of discussing yeah. all topics, yeah. all topics. And it was important that they felt comfortable that they could approach us. And then as, as they grow up, amongst <coughs> themselves as siblings, you know, they would joke and and they're quite open about their discussions and was any topic that they wanted to talk about. They would actually openly come and ask us questions. Mm. And that's the kind of relationship that parents need to have um, so that they have trust in you. And again, as Kiyumba, you've said, mm. don't judge them. That's right. Because then, then they will never come to you. They will never ask a question. Um, so I think that's pretty much from... I think, sorry, also on that point, it's... I want you to hold that point. Okay. Please. We're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go on to Brother Usman's point on how uh, this will lead us on to parenting. But I would love... To hear from you what your perspective what's your uh, point of view um, on how parents can successfully build a relationship with their children which will drop the barriers um, of, of uh, kids um, not being judged or not feel to be judged and parents who feel that they have um, a, an open relationship and trust enough with their children that they can talk about these things we would love to hear from you um, give us a call tell us um, what your solution what your remedy to this challenge is because I can guarantee you I'm sure you've been listening I'm sure you follow media this is a growing problem and the way we are going the way the system and the society and the governors who who, who govern this world if, if it's, this is left up to them they will legalize um, this, if not today, tomorrow, and there needs to be a voice against it. Do stay tuned. Give us a call 0208 Join us on our social media platforms or email us via our uh, website www.voiceofislam.co.uk. We'll be right back after this brief message. You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Storm clouds forwarding us of a third world war are getting heavier by the day. The effects of such a war would last for decades to come. Generation after generation of children would more than likely be born crippled or with genetic defects due to the lasting effect of the radiation. Thus, it is the urgent need of the time for mankind to work towards safeguarding our future. A new station, The Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live with myself, you and Brother Adil and Brother Usman. Um, we are talking about, uh, we were talking about marijuana and how it should never be legalized. And uh, now we're going to go and talk about parenting. Um, and uh, Brother Usman, um, just before the break, uh, you were going to make a point about um, kind of both of these topics, yeah, really. Yeah, I was going to say, because we mentioned this at the beginning of the show, how at different stages of your life you are introduced to different things for example we mentioned maybe 20 30 years ago mm. 
it's when you go to college and then when you go to universities that you're ex- you're exposed to certain things that you're not exposed to in secondary school or primary school. Now, because of the world of social media and how even as parenting, sometimes in a moment of ease, we just hand a phone to like a four-year-old, five-year-old. Our children will be foolish to think that they don't know what's happening or they're not uh, they're not aware of what we're talking about. Or if I speak in this manner or if I make this little kind of a sly joke then you know our kids they won't know but believe me nowadays things that you used to be exposed to in college university children at a very young age I would say 10 plus are being exposed to whether they pick it up or not is a different thing but they are exposed to this information um, and sometimes it's done in a uh, in a way when they're not monitored which is dangerous so keeping all of that in mind it's about creating the right atmosphere at home one to understand well actually the best thing you can do as a parent before even talking to them is setting the right example because there's no use in a conversation if you yourself are doing or indulging in anything where your son thinks or you're lecturing me but actually you do this yourself so your example is 100% and I remember His Holiness once mentioning that actually what can make someone a real true believer is having children because you realize when you're a parent, there comes a stage in that child's life where you let them go. They're, they're now out in the world, in school, in college, work, and you have no idea what they're doing and you have no sense of protection over them anymore. Because when they're children, you as a father and mother, you protect them from everything. And now that duty is no longer required from you. But it doesn't mean you don't worry. I'm 30, I'm sure you guys, your parents still worry about you. You know, they'll still tell us off if need be. So when you realize that actually there's nothing more I can do, that can actually make you a real believer because you turn to prayer. And I remember we were talking about like how marijuana, some parents take marijuana to help them in this difficult... To help them ease the pressures ease the pressure. of, of modern... Well, the word they used when I read this article, it was, it was mind-boggling, that uh, to ease the, the pressures of modern-day parenting this is the thing but we're so we're from a young age so this is what I'm saying from a young age if you understand the purpose of life mm-hmm. and how this life is not eternal we have we have no saying when we're born we have no saying when we're going to leave but what is true is our purpose of life and that's to recognize our creator and actually in recognizing and, and we have him, the full say in how we live our life yeah yeah of course by no means are we being forced to recognize our creator yeah we understand the wisdom of what's happening we mm. see the art and recognize the artist yeah so if you understand all of that you then understand that actually worship is the best form of medicine for anything that can help you parent it can change your life it can keep you humble when you think are going good for you there's no element in which when you worship it does harm for you and I think that's when it comes to when it comes to parenting of course number one leading this right example parents questioning things themselves because I feel sometimes parents and with parents I've spoken to one of the reasons they don't address these issues is because they don't know much about it themselves so what are they going to say to their parents like, and, and this is the issue that the relationships that children sometimes have with their parents maybe there's a language barrier maybe our parents came from abroad and they don't speak English but it's very yes mum yes dad, dad okay mum okay dad that's it there's no element of emotional connection you know that reminds me of an example it, it, it's a personal one again um, this, this point that sometimes we think our oh, children are old enough now and we don't need to tell them 
and and I and you know we all go through this phase, and it reminds me of every time, even now, my parents, <coughs> uh, you know, may God give them long life, is they're in their mid eighties and, and mid and late eighties, and even now, I'll go home and when you know sit there talking to mum, and mum will say, "Did you do the most?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I would look at my mom, and then my children would be sitting there, and, and mom said, "Did you do the most? Did you do it on time?" And I'm like, "Mom, come on!" And it's like, but even though, but when you sit here and you think, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like, mm. I can't stop telling, I should not be stopping my son because I'm thinking, or my daughter thinking, asking them, "Did you do your slot? Did you do prayers?" Yeah. And and kids are now think, "Ah, you got told off by you," but you know, it's like, <laughs> it's but but that habit it needs to become a habit. It should not be questioning because, truly, there's still that is true parenting, isn't it? That mm. there you you never stop being a parent to your child, irrespective of but age. Here's the here's the other side of that, is where you're overprotective, mm. and you're you're micromanaging your son or your daughter's life. The moment they get a bit of freedom, hmm. it's like they're you know they're in heaven. They're okay, exposed to I'll, things I'll, because I'll, the element of oh, thank God, mum and dad's not here. I can now try these things. I don't know if brother Adi will uh, remember. This is a, a standard um, a, a statement that used to be made by parents: son, daughter. It's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust society. It is the fear of the ills of society that yeah. they think they are protecting you from, which is why sometimes they are overprotective. What's the solution? I think it's about um, confidence mm. in them uh, doing the the right, uh, uh, trusting in Allah, mm. uh, and I think developing a relationship with with Allah the Almighty. And for me, when I was growing up, I think it was about again, Usman, you raised a good point about peers, right? Who are yeah, your peers around definitely, you? Definitely, definitely. I ended up with the uh, you know stuck with you, Usman. Um, <laughs> 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 So it, it really That's is. That's why, you by know, the you, grace you, of God, you are very you, successful you in your fall, life. You fall, <laughs> yeah, all because of you. <laughs> I'm so glad you've admitted to you on live radio. Can I have a recording, please, brother? Yeah. Dyer? <laughs> so, and it's really important that yeah. you know it's it's who is around you does have a huge impact on how the outlook of your life going forward. Because when you go to university, you have a new set of friends, and it's not about jumping into you know a new set of friends straight away because. That, by the way, that is a tendency. You want to belong to some somebody, but I think it's really important that you choose your friends very carefully. The society that you go into, you must attach yourself from a, from an the Muslim community perspective. We always try to attach ourselves to the nearest mosque. Or See, the nearest that's community. what I was going to say to you. But that right. we can, we can, all of us can sit here and talk about the com- the, the community, the camaraderie, the, the that reach out. That you can come to us is within the Amni Muslim yeah. community and the youth yeah. association that yeah. we all kind of go through. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a key, isn't it? So, I mean, if, if for any, if, uh, Usman, you may have your own stories as well on this, but in any, wherever I've gone, whether it's university or I've moved away from home for work, mm-hmm. the first thing I've always done is gone and found out where the nearest mosque is yes. and then go visit. Yeah. And the welcome <coughs> that you get and the camaraderie as you said and the brotherhood mm. right you get and then you start to you have that comfort blanket you know, you have that comfort that I'm away from home but I have someone to reach out if I need help mm. and I, you know it happened when I moved to Birmingham and Newcastle when I was in Hong Kong for a couple of years I did the same thing and it's it's so important and that's the thing that why the Hamdi Muslim community is just so enriching mm. it gives back continually selflessly to each other mm. um, and I think this is the element that 
sometimes is missing in certain family circles where you don't have that outreach you're not able to go to certain peers or certain members of society who you can consider as mentors that can guide you that's a key right? word you use there and it's it, it mentor. Is and it's important right um, brother Saman, if you might if if you, if you may if if you don't mind that point of mentoring yeah that's key isn't it 100% and I always, we, we, and, I always and I mean from a parenting yeah, perspective I, I as always, well I always say this that when some people feel that there's no help for them it's not that there's no help for them they just not gone to the right person yeah they've just not come across the right person and there is always someone there it's just about not giving up mm. and i think even as parents it takes real courageous parents to understand that okay do you know what i might not be the right person to have this conversation let me yeah. get someone to have this conversation with my son or daughter so if because some people are like oh no it's my way or the highway and you know I'm going to force it upon them and it doesn't work like that but actually one thing one of the beauties of our religion and I'll give you an example uh and this is a real life example that I I dealt with this case there was an individual who was who would consume alcohol mm. and obviously that's forbidden in our religion and I only came to find out because I received the phone call from him and he was he wasn't in the right state of mind but anyway I I picked him up I picked him up because actually there's a saying of the promised messiah who's the founder of our religion that if I knew any one of my members or any muslim was drunk or intoxicated and he was kind of making a fool of himself because when you're in that state of mind you don't know what you're saying yes I would go pick him up myself look after him and make sure that he gets back brings to him back brings to him back so knowledge, that yeah. that was always in my mind so I thought, okay let me go pick this gentleman up pick, picked him up sobered him up a bit and i said to him look i'll um for the next week at least i want to pick you up in the morning and pick you up in the evening we're going to go to prayers and if you're if you're in that state i don't care i'm still going to take you it's an embarrassment for you not for me mm. so he slowly like that had an effect but it didn't have a long lasting effect what had a long lasting effect with him is when he in a sober state realized that fact that this is happening on his family mm. because not only has he got children they're at an age where they don't really know yet but they're just on the border so a few more years they'll and they don't know what's happening yeah. and the sibling his now his own siblings are distancing himself because we don't want our kids to see that their uncle or whatever's mm. he was I thought okay no I need to do something so he just started fasting and he goes I just started every day I just started fasting and he goes one month went by I was clean. Two months went by, clean. Three months, he goes. I fasted non-stop for five five months. Wow! And he goes. Uh, the reason, and he goes. For example, he goes. This this fasting act was so strong on me that I've been to rehab. I've been to other countries where they put things in your body that prevent you hmm. prevent the urge for you to drink or whatever, take any sort of drug. It doesn't work. <laughs> he goes. It doesn't work. But this fasting, he goes. I did it five months in a row, and those five months I was clean. Then I knew the Ramadan was coming up, so I maybe had a break for a week. Then I did the month of fasting, and he goes, "Now he goes, I couldn't, I can't believe that I ever did st- something like that." Amazing. So for me, that was a real success story in the sense that it's he to be the reality is, as parents, as elders, as a role model in your everyone's role. I always say this: everyone's a role model in the all right. You have to recite, set the right example. You have to not ignore the signs, but we can only inspire people if someone wants to make a change it's down to them ultimately a question to both of you um if you, somebody young comes up children 
or a youth and and wants to have a discussion about the the pros of of say marijuana hmm. should you be saying to them no it's illegal in islam intoxication is 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 forbidden um, and what's your angle would you have a discussion because a lot of our youth they don't know the facts they only know what social media has told them or the mate who's told them they only know what's face value <coughs> they don't know substance as a parent or as a youth leader what would be the approach i think w- one is um verbal hmm. telling them right the you can give them all sorts of statistics it may just go over their heads the other one is through experience hmm. personal experience and relating those stories and the impacts um because some some of them would want to would want to see the what was the reaction hmm. because um, some people are like that right so and <coughs> youth may want to have well um, prove it to me show it to me yeah um look there are good and bads of, of marijuana it's same as with alcohol because you can take the good out of alcohol in terms of for medicinal use mm. right um but then you can and also at the same time you can take the good out of 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 marijuana from a pain relief perspective mm. it's proven it's proven medically yeah. and that's where we talked about cbd that's right on. yes so to answer your question i think mentoring is really important showing them by example is important and 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 describing the impacts and if you can like i've related a story of a, of a of a family friend of where they've gone through that experience with their own family it's brought it's it's a lesson for me but then it's an example that i can impart on somebody else mm. saying these are the impacts that will have to you on your life and again as as one sub said the the decision is is that person's mm. you cannot force something on them all you can do is guide them mentor them explain to them the do's and don'ts the wrongs and rights that's exactly what we we learn from the holy quran what does what does um, our, our creator tell us mm. the rights and the wrongs it's free will mm. you decide at the end of the day but i think we if we continue to to tread on that path the examples that you show and be persistent and guide them and support them i think that's a, a good way of putting them on the right path i just want to read um in it answers your question actually mm. that you just asked and it's from that interview again it's it's on review of religions and this holiness speaks on this topic and after kind of addressing that it's you know it's the wrong the bad effects of it his holiness goes on to say this point and it, it directly answers what you just mentioned his holiness explained the underlying philosophy regarding forbidden drug uh, for forbidding such drugs in islam but then he further on states the main point is that whilst it is wrong the purpose is to try and reform they should not be enmity towards a person consuming it rather the aim is to save them the basic principle is something which you consider wrong for yourself mm. you should consider wrong for others others you should save others from that which you want to save yourself from in any case islam's commandment is clear that intoxicants and drugs are wrong For example the holy prophet may peace be upon him said uh, that Allah has cursed wine the ones who drinks wine and the one who serves wine the one who buys or sells wine and the one who distributes it what does this mean whilst there are many whilst there may not be an an ordained punishment in Islam for its use there may be some administrative reprimand the purpose behind that would be to help a person reform so they are safe from falling under this curse and divine punishment 
Now, now, wine would be the representative of alcohol as general. Yeah, of mm. course. Yeah. You know. No, but the, the the first point was the strong. Strong. The stro- yes. That, it, our point is, it's not that it's, it's okay. And it comes back to that, the question that you asked. If someone approaches you, mm. so as an I'm an imam. If someone come, if a, if a member of our community approaches me and says, Osman, I'm I'm going through some difficulties. I've got this addiction. Mm. My intention and service to that individual would always be to save them to help them um, and there are many different ways and obviously different things work on different people it's not to judge them it's not to highlight them in society that okay everyone look at this person he's wrong he's involved in this stay away from him no it's solely to help that person save that person because he might be going through I don't know what's led to that decision in his life that's made him turn to this for comfort so it's it's just about supporting them uh, and providing the right support. And I might not, I might realize straight away, that, okay, I'm not the right person for this. And I know this person. I've judged his character within a sitting. That okay, he, these are his likes and dislikes. I think X Y Z person will have a stronger effect on him. Mm. So it's it's just about being open to help someone. That's it. Not judge them. Don't shun them. Um, don't push them away. And that's the beauty of the. The Amdi Muslim community, especially the Amdi Muslim Youth Association, where you have so many mentors, right? So many leaders in our community. Where you know, I remember when I was just starting out my university, and I was in deep trouble because I just didn't know where I wanted to go with my first year, and I, st- I still remember this day. You know, I was at uh, Fazl Mosque. And there was a youth event taking place, and there was an old, was a, a good friend of mine that was there. And I said, "You've been through university. Can I ask you some questions?" And he started to mentor me and guide me uh, about, you know, staying the course, persevere. It will get better, and it did eventually get better. But you, you do need that, that, that peer group around you. You do need, do need those mentors, and and you do, you know, do look for them. Um, in your own community, it could be your neighbor, it could be anyone in society that you feel that you can talk to. And it's just so important to open up. I think sometimes, sorry, sometimes we feel that because, and I, and I felt like this as well in the beginning, because I don't have the knowledge, mm. I shy away from addressing the issue. Mm. So, for example, I might not have all the answers. And that's why I might not make myself available to someone if they need help, because it's going to be embarrassing saying, I don't know. But in these circumstances, when people are going through social issues, the reality is the main thing that people look for is someone who cares. Mm. And caring is not something that you learn or you you read and you're okay, now I know how to care. It's something that it's in your heart. Mm. Like we as human beings, God has created us that we need one another, that we should love one another. So you just have to understand your responsibilities to your fellow human beings. And understand that anytime someone approaches you, I'll give you one more example. And this is not to do with drugs, but it's. I remember so our youth organization had a football team, mm. and the majority of the boys playing in that team were boys who were a bit distant and they were only really in love with football. And we were using football as a tool to kind of bring them in. In a particular game we were playing, there was a lot of racism involved, and even the referee was openly like making racist mm. remarks. But we played the game. One of our players, I still remember, he had a short temper. He just lost it. And the game finished and he just like, there's a team talk going on and he just picked up his bag and he went off. And the coach at the time said to me, Usman, can you just go make sure he's okay? Mm. I called his name. I said, where are you going? He goes, I'm just looking for the ref. I want to go. That's it. I want to go smash him. 
I was like, no, no, I'll go, I'll go with you. He goes, no, you go, don't you come because if you stop me, I'm going to get you as well. I said, like, no, no, I'll go with you, I'll help you. That's what I said. <laughs> My initial thought was, I just need to go with him. When I said that, I said, no, I'm, I'll go with you, mate. Don't worry, I'm with you. I'll stand with you. He looked at me, he goes, okay. And I think that softened him a bit. And then by the time we got into the car park, the guy wasn't there, he'd gone. He just sat down and broke down. He just, he was in tears. He goes, like, I've dealt with racism. He goes, My whole life. And he goes, obviously, you mentioned that you would, you're there with me, but obviously that means a lot. Thank you. He came to his senses very quickly. And that I realized then that actually these lot just need someone to stand with them yeah. and they just need a shoulder to lean on. Yeah. They might get it wrong, but eventually they'll get it right. I just want both of you, because you're a father and you're, you're again, you're a young mom. Three minutes. The problem in today's society is... Either they're absent fathers or fathers who are there, but they're absent. What should fathers be doing? Because whenever we talk of parenting, there's this assumption in society or mothers. The responsibility in these kind of circumstances is as much as on the father. And, they, and, and we are, and I'm sure Brother uh, Usman will agree here, society is broken. There is a absence of fathers either in presence or in spirit even when they're there they're, they're not there and and they are key to, to the problem that we've talked about today so I have more if I can go first I have a more philosophical answer to that mm-hmm. um, and it applies to all parents of all faiths right we believe in one God the creator mm-hmm. um, I think it's every parent's responsibility to pray how many of us pray for our children first and foremost it's not in our power to bend a child's mind to go a certain way mm. it is god almighty who does that and uh, i'm looking at usman bhai and thinking well you know he's a he's a life devotee what that means is that if he is asked to go to a certain country without his family for a certain period of time he has to pack his bag and go that's what they do that means Who's going to be at home parenting, raising their children? And we have a history of life devotees who have spent their life without having the closeness with their family. How how were they raised? How were they looked after? They became pillars of society, respected. Um, that's one argument. So my, my is more philosophical in a sense that we need to pray for our, uh, our children. Just like our parents have prayed for us, we have to pray for our children, for their well-being and for their um, protection in society and in, in where we are, to say they can stay the course. Um, and the other side, obviously, is that you have to be continually giving them advice, regardless. Just like you said, your, your parents, your mum mm. was saying, have you done your prayers? My mum always used to say, God That's bless right. her. That's right. Have you had yeah. your food? <laughs> Mum, <laughs> let me yeah. make you something. No, no. But it's it's just so important that that consistency has to be there, you know, w- whether it's the mother or the father. I think the parenting is on both sides. But par- prayers is just so important. And the second thing is to continually mentor your children. I can't, brother, from a father's <coughs> point of view, before we do a very, very few minutes on sports. No, I, I think... Um, Exactly what Brother Adil just mentioned. It's he's hit the nail on the head, but it's um, 
it's, I, want, it's, I want a practical, it's, it's, I want a practical solution. Practical solution. And, 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 and don't I'll get me wrong, give you a, I'll, I'll, give you pra- I'll give you a practical solution. Yeah. It's you, what do you give importance to? Yeah. If it's money, mm. then ultimately I know kids, when I speak to them, that they're going through issues. As I, have you spoken to your dad? He goes, oh, my dad's just an ATM. Mm. Let's go to him when I need money. Wow. And, wow. That, and they say that because actually you as the father... And you might be doing it with the right intentions. This is the sad thing. You might be doing it because I need to provide. But if that urge of providing and earning is more important to you than actually have building a relationship with your son or daughter, then you've got then you've got it wrong. You got your priorities. Then wrong. that money's not of any value. Yeah, you got your priorities wrong. So it's about understanding what your priorities are. And this is a big issue that thinking that because the mother is at home, she should take care of all the things. No, it takes a team effort. For you to Mothers do have The majority responsibility That's why in our religion They say Paradise is under the feet Of mothers But That doesn't mean That fathers have No role to play Fathers are as responsible And they need to be As involved As mothers are um, Because the reality is As we said It doesn't just take It's not one person You need a number When we say the word mentor There are a number of mentors One person has And it's just different parts In their life That they have them So that's how it is Just get your priorities right That yes of course Money is important Yes of course Luxuries in life Job All these things are important But it's only when Your son or daughter Is now In the extreme end Of that addiction You realise that I could have done something And it's too late Well One hopes and prays That may God 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 Almighty Enable us to Parent in in a proper manner and keep our children safe from these ills of society and in fact keep the society safe from 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 these ills um, and, uh, and may we learn um, and and follow the advice that brother Adil and brother Usman says that that uh, we we look towards our Creator to ensure that He gives us that safety. Yep. Um, we are coming up to the hour. Last two minutes, brother Adil, Formula One, U.S. Uh, Ferrari is uh, is up there. Forget about Ferrari. Um, what about the cost capping issue that we've had with Red Bull, the, mm-hmm. which made them win last season? <coughs> there is just some animosity now between the Formula One group uh, mm-hmm. of of um, of um, Red Bull and uh, yeah, Mercedes, Red Bull. Right. Now you've got McLaren jumping in. Yeah. There is an offer. I do, actually don't understand that bit. Why the FIA made an offer to Red Bull? I know it's bizarre. It's bizarre. They kind of make so, it worse. So they make yeah. It looks like. It must be serious, right? Yes. Um, so that's happening at the at the same time. Interesting. And we're in Austin, Texas, in US, <coughs> and uh, the Ferraris are yeah doing very well. Yeah, but too late now, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, he's Verst- won it. Verstappen's he, won it already. He, he's are you won are it. you a Formula One man? Only because of Netflix. Only. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I never, I never. I'll tell you how I got into. I never was into Formula One. But then when that whole last race issue, the thing happened. Yeah, with Hamilton, that's one of the best races. That was one of the best. I, that, that got me into it, and then I was like. And then my sister said to me, you know, Netflix has got like a series on it. Yeah. And I watched that whole series and now I just, that's the series I watch. Awesome. Awesome. Um, any final words, Brother Arthur? No, for, for me, I want to hear from you because you've been quite quiet for, for the last... Uh, no, because I, I think this is a... a hour and a half. So. I think it's a, it's a very important topic uh, and I think it needs to be given serious attention. Um, I want to say one last word, actually. Go for it. And it's to do with both of your parents. And <laughs> because I, I remember... Um, so you have relatives your, your mother used to be in Watford yes, for some yes, time and I remember yes. when I used to go to um, she spoke very highly yeah, of you so whenever I used to go to their house to, to meet to meet our, my friends his mother would always make sure 
give give uh, give him some tea get him some yeah. tea do you want some tea I said oh no no auntie please please he said no don't worry they've got it covered and your father I see him every <laughs> in the morning at Fajr every time I see his dad my first thought is also whiskey you, you. <laughs> I don't live I don't live next door I don't live yeah, next no, door no, but yeah but your dad's like 80 plus man he, yeah. he's, that's what I'm saying but this is. Is the, the thing I was the reason I mentioned these two examples is because they're leading by example yes like, they yeah, are I mean they're, they're, it's not yeah. something they're well, saying for the sake of it yeah. so it's yeah lead by example we are coming up to the show thank end of the show thank you to all of our guests thank you to brother Usman thank you to brother Adil thank you to brother Tahir in tech thank you to our callers who called in um, thank you to you for listening uh, please uh, forgive any shortcomings on our part uh, please remember us in your prayers um, until we meet again May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. A new station, the voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam.